The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. doing happy friday tgif this is leslie marshall and this is the only true democracy in talk radio of four and by you the people i'm really stoked because we have uh, one of if not my favorite guests on today he hasn't been on in a while his organization has had representation on and we're glad to have them because we always learn about what's happening uh, in the world of the working class and what the president and this administration are claiming promises they make, promises they keep, promises they break, and so on. But he's the man. He is international president of the United Steelworkers Union, the USW. Leo Girard is in the house. And, Leo, you have been missed. I can't tell you how many times people say, I should forward them to you. Emails, tweets, Facebook messages, even uh, handwritten letters, uh, and people calling uh, our producers saying, Hey, when's Leo going to be back? So President Gerard is in the house, folks. Be sure to call him 8886-LESLIE on this Friday. How you doing, President Gerard? I'm doing personally, first the right thing. Personally, I'm doing okay. But, uh, it's a, it's a hard, t- hard time to consider what's going to happen tomorrow each day. I, I, fully, uh, I fully understand. Um, I wanted to ask you, we have so much to talk about in this hour, so let's just dig in. In April... This administration, the Trump administration, launched investigations of illegal trade in steel and aluminum under Section 232 of the Trade Expansion Act. Um, And they promised those would be done by the end of June. Um, So a few things here. First of all, for folks that don't know, could you explain a little bit about the Trade Expansion Act and specifically Section 232 and why these investigations were launched specifically into steel and aluminum trade? Well, the, the, the 232 is a section of the Trade Act that allows the president to launch an investigation into the effect of unfairly traded uh, products. So in this case, it's steel and aluminum and its effect on national security. We take the position, and the union does, that national security means more than just military uh, equipment. National security means bridges, it means airports, it means water treatment systems, it means uh, water pipelines, gas pipelines, Uh, it means the total infrastructure of America. If the bridges and uh, uh, water pipelines don't work, then your national security is at risk. Uh, So we know that over the last, I'll call it 15 to 20 years, American production of steel, because of unfairly traded steel, primarily from China, but not only from China, has driven the steel industry from an ability 
to make about 135 million tons, which is about the domestic capacity. So now it's making 85 million tons, and plants are being closed, or ships are being canceled, and so we suspect that it'll fall from 85 million tons to some lower number. And uh, that gives the president the right to act. If you take that same period of time, Leslie, and uh, the thing that's so frustrating is the trade laws just don't work, period. For example, in that same period of time that I've talked to you that American steel production went from 125, 30 million tons down to 85, Chinese steel production went from roughly 250 million tons to 1.2 billion, billion with a B, tons of steel, which has about 450 to 500 million tons of overcapacity that they just used to flood the markets. And so they're fighting a trade war. When, they, when these idiots keep saying, we can't do anything, we'll get in a trade war, we're in one now. And, and uh, American industry's got its hands tied behind its back because the trade laws don't work. The same thing in aluminum. We had 14 smelters in America um, 12 years ago. We're now down to four. Uh, the Chinese are going to flood the market with aluminum. They did the same thing that they overproduced. You can take solar panels. China has said they're going to dominate the world in solar panels, even if they have to sell below the cost of production and take duty penalties against it until they can dominate that. And what do we do? We keep having these Wall Street buffoons that are hanging around President Trump telling him he can't do anything. When we look at this specific investigation and when the Trump administration said in April that these probes would be complete by the end of June, one, obviously they have not been completed, right? And two, did you believe that they would do it in a couple of months? Two things. At the time that the president said he would do it, he invited the CEOs of the largest steel companies and myself to the signing ceremony. And he made a very, very strong commitment uh, and Wilbur Ross, who's the Secretary of Commerce, made the same strong commitment. Uh, and uh, Peter Navarro, who was also part of that group that would be looking at it, he made a strong commitment. The problem is, I believe, without having any real hands-on knowledge, I believe that the Commerce Department has its report finished, or 98% or finished, just not finalized, and during that time, the people around the president, like uh, Gary Cohen, Steve Mnuchin, General uh, whatever his name is, the newest chief of staff, uh, they're all free traders. Kelly. So they've been telling the president, first, you can't do anything until uh, we finish with health care. Well, health care is down the tube. Then they said, well, you can't do anything until you finish with, with taxation. Taxation is going down the tube, too. And while that's going on, imports of unfairly traded steel have gone up 21% in that same period of time, and probably another four plants have closed since then, and others are working reduced shifts. So we need, we need to, uh, we mobilized, we brought uh, folks to Washington a few weeks ago. We knocked on every senator's door. Our people did a great job of explaining the crisis. There was no one in the Senate committees that were opposed to what we're suggesting. 
this is being held up by the White House, and it's uh, very, very disappointing. The White House uh, and this administration say that the purpose of a Section 232 investigation is to determine the effect of imports on the national security. Is that true? And talk to us about the effect of imports uh, on national security, specifically um, steel and aluminum imports. Well, like I said, that, uh, that they're, that, that, and I, I keep referring to the Chinese because they set the, they set the global agenda now. <clears throat> the Chinese won't let prices get high enough that the industry can make sufficient money to reinvest in itself. As soon as prices start to edge up to a decent where they can make a profit, Chinese flood the market, drive prices down. And they'll sell, they'll sell it for any anything they can get their hands on. Uh, so what they're doing is slowly atrophying our steel industry and our aluminum industry and our tire industry and our glass industry. We're, we're not talking about steel, but I could make this case in almost every basic industry. Uh, and that's going on. And, and the effect of it is they're not only exporting material, they're exporting unemployment. And so our, our roads and bridges are falling down. We, we can't make enough steel to repair them right now. If there was, a, if there was an onslaught of wanting to repair all the bridges in America, we couldn't make enough steel because we've lost from 30 million tons to, to 85. That's uh, 45 million tons of steel capacity has been closed in the last 15 years because of China's continuous breaking of the rules. Leo, this is, this is Mark, the producer. I actually had a question. Um, so if you if you look at the scenario of what's been happening with China and the rhetoric that we heard from you know, then candidate Trump on the campaign trail and the actions that he was supposedly going to take, you know, granted, obviously, a lot of us didn't feel that he was a credible candidate anyway. But for those who did vote for him, what kind of message does it send that there hasn't been action in this arena? Well, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, about two weeks now, we had about 75 rank and file members from these are the people that work in the mills come to Washington to tell their story and when their view this is their this is their last attempt the way they would put it to get the president to live up to his promises and so they're angry and they're going back to their workplaces and they're telling people that had some hope that president at that time candidate Trump and then later president Trump would live up to his words but uh, we unfortunately see now that there's lots of things the president said that he would do that he hasn't done and there's lots of things that uh, he shouldn't do that he seems happy doing. And so uh, the trade laws don't work. I mean, just simple as that. If now, that he's, now that they haven't released their report, we have to go back to filing individual cases so we could file 10 cases tomorrow, theoretically. And uh, by the time those cases made it through the system, take a year, year and a half, maybe two years to get from start to finish, We'll go from 85 million tons to 80 or to 75, and then at some point uh, we're just another commodity to the Chinese. And like I said, we're talking now about steel. Uh, we can do the same thing with aluminum, with tire and rubber, with glass, with cement. Um, the Chinese have decided that they're going to become the dominant manufacturing sector of the world, and they're going to do it by over oversupplying themselves and then bringing money back from their country, whether it's euros, or whether it's dollars by flooding the market. 
Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we, is it break time, guys, or do I have time for one more fight? We have a break. We're going to have a break. Come back to President Leo Gerard, President, International President of the United Steelworkers Union. Pick up the phone and join us regarding Section 232, regarding the steel imports, regarding China and other foreign suppliers flooding our markets. And like Leo said, we're exporting or importing, or either way, unemployment. Actually, that was a very profound line. We'll be back with him. Back with you right after this. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. President Leo Gerard, international president of the USW. Follow him on Twitter at USW Blogger. Um, Leo, uh, we were talking about how imports surge, specifically from foreign suppliers, and even more specifically uh, from China. Obviously, they fear that the penalties under Section 232 uh, that led to them dumping as much steel in the U.S. as possible uh, before there be any tariffs, before any restrictions that were imposed. Steel imports are up. Imports are up 21% over last year. Now, you were talking about not being able to make enough steel, but two questions here. One, this is disgusting, isn't it? When you have a president out there talking about make America great again and how great America is, it's disgusting that we're putting people out of work in this industry and every industry connected to it and that, you know— and that we're importing steel elsewhere. Second question, are we surprised when Trump himself imported steel from China when he built his own towers? No, we're not surprised at all. And, and in fact, uh, the Steelworkers Union made a lot of comment and that, in fact, issued uh, videos on it and held uh, town halls on it and got the message out of it completely. The, the people that were initially brought um, around the president on what I would call the trade issues. Bob Lighthizer, U.S. Trade Representative. Uh, Bob was uh, counsel to the United States Steel Company and worked very, very closely with the Steelworkers Union for close to 20 years on filing trade complaints and working with our counsel on trade issues. Uh, so we had some, and still have some hope for, for him. Wilbur Ross understood manufacturing and had worked with us to save Bethlehem Steel and LTV plants. The names changed. It eventually became ArcelorMittal. And Peter Navarro, in fact, was the academic that uh, wrote the book Death by China and did a video, Death by China. So at that point in time, there were three people around the president that convinced him to initiate the 232. The problem with that is that the People who are around him, the Wall Streeters, like Gary Cohen and uh, Steve Mnuchin and uh, the General and a bunch of others, they're all free traders, and they've convinced Trump that he, if he would do this, he could start a trade war. Now, um, you know, all, all we've asked for, and we sent people to, to Washington, 
is to ask this president to live up to his promise to workers. And uh, it's, it's, you know, let's let's be honest. When he did the stuff at uh, Carrier in Indiana, he got so much press on that, thinking that this was the guy that was going to save manufacturing. But he didn't do anything other than get a a photo up that uh, the people in in Carrier, their jobs, all but a few hundred, went to Monterey, Mexico. Pence was still the governor. Pence gave Carrier, which is owned by United Technologies, a $10 billion company with uh, sales to the government. Trump, or excuse me, Pence, as the governor, gave Carrier a $7 million gift that they're going to use for additional modernization, which will cost more jobs. And the people at Carrier no longer make that product. That product is now made in Monterey, Mexico. Well, know what the product was? It was furnaces. Excuse me, but Mexicans don't need furnaces. So they're going to make furnaces in Monterey, Mexico, pay people $3.50 an hour, and then ship those furnaces back to sell in America. That's what I call social dumping, and our trade laws don't do anything about that, except we jawbone about it and we complain about it, and nobody does anything about it. So that's happening day in and day out in the steel industry and other industries, manufacturing it. It's happening with auto parts. It's happening with tires. It's happening with everything else. And our trade laws don't work. And so there was some hope that uh, something would get done. But as of now, the promises have been broken and nothing's been done. We're not going to quit. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to start to now have events in front of members of Congress, Republicans and Democrats, demanding that if the president doesn't act, that they should. We're going to be taking a break in less than a minute, Leo, so hang tight. That's our shortest segment in the hour. I know that you are familiar with that. When we come back, we're going to talk about that unemployment that's a result of this feet dragging, uh, why the feet uh, are being uh, you know, dragged around, um, what Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross had said uh, just last week, and whether or not it is true. We're going to talk about tax revision specifically. I mean, tax reform, obviously, that legislation put forth and a lot of promises, empty and broken promises from this administration. I'm Leslie Marshall. He is President Leo Girard. Pick up the phone and join us with your questions or comments. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Follow him on Twitter, at USW Blogger. Back with him, back with you. Right after this, more to come. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Leo Girard here on the only True Democracy and Talk Radio. He is president, international president of the United Steelworkers, the USW. Uh, thank you, Leo, for holding and welcome back. Um, a couple of weeks ago, ArcelorMittal told workers at its Conshohocken mill that it would close the plant within a year. In addition to the fact that 205 workers could lose their family supporting jobs as a result of a shutdown. They are the largest supplier of armored plate to the U.S. military. 
Um, so that directly affects national security, obviously. And this is probably just one of many examples of what we're seeing happen nationwide. Um, what happened to that Make America Great Again? What happened to that job creator? What happened to bringing American jobs back if you can't even purchase American steel from within? Well, look, at it's, uh, it's again, it's a, it's a shell game. In many ways, I think about it as, a lot of the president's rhetoric is a Trojan horse. While he's talking about these things and uh, talks very assertively about them, things are happening around the country that are making it harder and harder for workers to make a living, like deregulating the economy, like uh, doing away with lots of safety and health, like making the right to organize that much harder. Uh, all of those kinds of things go on. But when you go to Conshohocken, these are people that make the best armor plate. And, and if you go back to when, uh, I mean, I hate to give them any credit, but if you go back to the days of Rumsfeld, uh, when they, uh, what they call the IRAPs, were being blown up by IUDs uh, and those de- explosive devices, the, uh, the demand for armor plate skyrocketed through the roof. And... Uh, no one could meet the demand. That was then 15 years ago. And, and now we have one of the best armor plate producers in the world, in, in America, not being able to meet uh, the stuff because we're importing armor plate from China and South Korea and Vietnam and other places. And uh, people are saying, well, it's okay, we don't need it. But when the next surge comes, and uh, nobody wants it to come, but... You can use armor plates in ships, and we, we know that we've got to rebuild our ships. Uh, there's a shortage of, uh, of ships compared to the national average. Uh, we know that, uh, in fairness, that lots of the military infrastructure that's been out in the field for 16, 17, 18 years needs to be uh, replaced. No one's looking for, certainly, we'd rather have the armor plate being used for making ships and doing things that aren't military. But uh, if, if, if they, there becomes a need, where will we get it when the plants have been idled? So, yeah, those people are living in a small community in Conchahokan. And when that bill goes down, not only will they lose their jobs, the city will lose its tax base. There'll be pressure on the volunteer firemen. There'll be pressure on the police. There'll be pressure on the school board. And these idiots from Wall Street don't give a damn about that as far as they're concerned. And it goes on time after time. They don't give a damn about anything except making money for themselves. And when they say they don't care, that they don't think we should get in a trade war, that's because they're making it on both ends of the deal. And that's completely disgusting. We have a lot of academics for hire who will make believe stupid studies that don't make sense. If you knew half what you were talking about, say you can't do this. You know, can you imagine the, we have an industry that says, you can't interfere in the aluminum market because you'll put me out of the container business. Well, the difference between Chinese aluminum and American aluminum for the purpose of making a can of tomatoes, a can that your food is in, is one-third of one cent per can. So don't tell me that using American steel is going to put your ability to sell cans into the food market at risk. But what you're doing is putting people's livelihood and communities at risk. You do the same thing with tire and rubber. You know, we're focusing on steel, but lastly, I need to tell you, 
this is a crisis in American manufacturing. Across the board. Um, I, I want to speak. I want to speak to something that you said. Um, when, when, when you said that Kunshaket is, you know, one of the best, not the best, what they do and what they make. Without just them as one example, does that impede our nation to be able to gear up in an emergency? Are we severely compromised when we close places like this down? Well, look at the. It, it, the, the point I made, uh, you know, and, it, and it, 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 these these are more visual than, than talking about steel and glass. And I mean, talking about glass and cement and that. With with steel, all you got to do is keep in mind that we we consume about 135 million tons on average. But we used to produce what we consumed. Now we produce 85 million tons. That leaves 35 million tons of demand that's not being met by us because the Chinese are driving the price down. We, you know, and then you can't be labor costs because we can make steel at around one man hour per ton. Cost of cost of making steel wages and benefits is incidental to all the other factors of input. And so the same thing with aluminum. Uh, so we, we need to yell and scream, not just about getting the 232 completed and, and, and outed, in real terms, we need to yell and scream about the trade laws don't work for us, and it gives it gives foreign companies a chance to not only export their product, but export their unemployment. Um, I also want to talk about what happened in 2007 that speaks to why capacity is crucial in emergencies. And emergencies aren't just, you know, national security doesn't just mean a terrorist attack. National security be affected when we see what's happening uh, is certainly in our part of the hemisphere right now which are these hurricanes one after the other and earthquakes you know one after the other and then um, uh, you know the aftershocks that come as a result in 2007 when deaths in the u.s military were rising both in iraq and afghanistan former secretary of defense robert Gates ordered a 15-fold increase in production of mine resistant ambush protected vehicles and that meant the number produced each month had to rise from 82 to more than 1,100. Is it fair to say that this administration is not only hurting us and hurting the working class economically and, and physically with health care, mentally with, you know, people need to get up and go to work in the morning and have a purpose and feel good about putting food on the table. Not having the money to put food on the table affects the entire family, certainly their health. And then in addition to that, our security is, is completely, you know, screwed when you just look at the, the, those kinds of numbers. We're not, at, we're not at that place, 82 to more than 1,100, for example. No, we're not. And the fact of the matter is that all we've had is, like I said earlier, all we've had from this administration is a Trojan horse of talk, while underneath that talk a whole bunch of bad things are happening. Uh if you take what's happened in the last uh, several weeks with the hurricanes uh, in the islands, in, uh, in Texas, uh, in Puerto Rico, all of those um, hurricanes and the damage they've caused, they've totally destroyed the infrastructure of those, those communities, and that has to be rebuilt. Are we going to re- rebuild that with Chinese infrastructure because they'll bid lower? 
If we bid a dollar, they'll bid 98 cents. If we bid 98 cents, they'll bid 95. They'll do whatever it takes to export their product and their unemployment to us. And, and that's because also their businesses don't run on the kind of models that we run. They get all kinds of subsidies from their government. In fact, almost one-third of the steel industries are owned by the military, for gosh sake. How stupid can you get if a, if a kid from Pittsburgh knows it? You should know it, too. Look at there's. You take, you take any piece of infrastructure. People get shocked by this number. We, lo- we lose a billion gallons of water a day in leaky, in leaky pipes in America. That water's already been through a water treatment facility. That water is in a pipe to go to someone's home. And it's leaking out, not in just one pipe, but in our pipe system for water distribution. There's a billion gallons a day that leak out. A billion gallons. That's water that's been through a water treatment plant that has been had uh, cost rising with it. And, and so just to put together a program over the next 25 years of replacing all of our pipe infrastructure would create thousands of jobs. Uh, and, and you can go through all kinds of stuff, Art. Our uh, electric grid. In our electric grid, we, we lose between 10 and 20% of the power we put on the grid that's going to get trans- transmitted to a user. Well, who's paying for that? The people that manufacture the energy, they get paid for putting it on the grid. People on the grid get paid for moving it. The consumer gets paid for using it. But we've lost 10, 15, or 20% of the energy on the grid. So we're paying for energy that's already been consumed but lost. And, and so what if we fixed our whole energy grid? There's so much at stake. And, and if we don't sort out our trade laws, and if we don't do the 232 and teach China a lesson, they will slowly eat our lunch and we'll become a subservient society. I had mentioned about last week Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross and what he said regarding Section 232. He said the cases were going to wait until after Congress completed tax revisions. Now, we know there's legislation for tax reform. We know Republicans can't agree on anything and seem to get anything done. And Democrats aren't going to agree with what's bad, especially for the working class. Two things here, Leo. One, again... You heard a bunch of Republicans out, up there in the House specifically and in the Senate, Ryan and McConnell are two of them, the leaders in their respective chambers, um, saying that you know they wanted people to wake up and be happy to be wa- awake in America and that they were going to bring jobs back and you know have the incentive to bring jobs back. But let's be honest. If you get a tax break as a corporation, you can't bring a job back if you don't have the steel to make something in manufacturing, the aluminum, uh, rubber, the list goes on. Am I correct in that? So in other words, is that a bunch of, to quote former Vice President Joe Biden, again, malarkey? It's total malarkey. And, and in fact, uh, let me tell you that there's absolutely no reason except that the Republican intimidation and, and Republican intimidation telling people you can't do this because you'll be in a trade war. And, and, and the administration is afraid of that, and, and this, this president, who is prepared to make all kinds of comments, need to say to Republicans in the House and in the Senate, I've had enough of your garbage. I promised jobs, and the best way to bring jobs back is to push the 232, change our trade laws so they work on our behalf, and they don't work on behalf of the Chinese and the South Koreans. I got nothing against, by the way, I got nothing against those workers in those countries. I have nothing against them. It's the system, and we allow the system. And so if I sound a little bit irritated, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to lose my cool, but our members are really pissed. 
and uh, as well they sh- as promise, well they should be. It's when you make a promise to a worker who goes to work every week trying to earn enough to take care of their family, and you break that promise, don't be surprised if they're angry as hell. When <laughs> this has been going on, what since two thousand, the unfair and illegal imports, particularly uh, from China. Um, we saw sections of steel mills go completely idle or really shut down, close completely. Um, the nation's capacity to uh, produce was cut by 17 million tons a year, and that threw, just in steel, 48,000 steel workers out of jobs. Yep. Well, where are those people now, Leo? I mean, what, what do those people do? How do, how do they feed how do they feed their their families? And how can you, as a president, look into the camera or into the eyes of these people at these rallies? Some of which, some of these steel workers of those forty eight thousand voted for this guy, and a lot of people, a lot of the blue collar working class men and women uh, in this country, specifically in manufacturing in states like Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, and the list goes on, voted for him because they believed in him and they believed in those promises because he wasn't a politician. One of the things, part of the complexity of all this is that this actually started in the 1980s. And, and uh, we were pushing, at that time, President Clinton, after he became, after the 80s, and he became president, we are pushing him to take action on what was then called a Section 201. And he didn't have the courage to do it either. He wrote a letter on his way out in the last month of being president asking the Commerce Department to look at it because the American steel industry has been unfairly attacked for the last 30 years. That was in 1999 and whenever when he left office. That's how long that's been going on. And, and then if you take uh, what you just said now with regards to those sections, those workers have been either unemployed for a long time, lost faith, or lots of them ended up in jobs that paid a lot less, lots of them in the, the service sector, lots of them having to take two or three jobs to try and survive with their families. And, and it hasn't stopped. But the problem now is you, you don't see a bottom. And, and part of the reason that people in, in the blue-collar sector, industrial sector, voted for, for candidate Trump is they had been fed up of the others. And, and look, at the Democrats haven't been all lily clean on this either, you know? We had on the Trans-Pacific Partnership, we had Democrats that were prepared to vote for it on uh, some of the other trade adjustment stuff, on trade deals. We, we, you know, the Democrats get blamed for trade deal. That's because almost every Republican voted yes, and 26 Democrats voted with the Republicans. And those 26 Democrats hung it on the, uh, hung, hung it on the party. And so and you go to industrial workplaces, they blame Clinton for NAFTA. They blame Clinton for PNTR with China. He, w- he was the president that signed it. You know, and, and so the, the Democratic Party wasn't the guilty party. The president was. But we're wearing that. And the, the Democratic Party now has got to come out of the closet and be for industrial jobs, you know, and, and uh, talk about it in real terms, doing something about it. Uh, Leo, 10 retired generals wrote President Trump warning, quote, America's increasing reliance on imported steel and aluminum from potentially hostile or uncooperative foreign governments or via uncertain supply routes jeopardizes 
our national security. Those are 10 retired generals. They don't have a, they're not all Democrats. Uh, and uh, Leo, in other words, these guys back up exactly what you're saying. Thank well, you for joining us. We always. Sorry, lots of these generals that we uh, have been talking with, they were involved in the procurement and the delivery and then the utilization of the products that were made with the American steel and aluminum industry. And they are there firsthand, and they know what, what's at stake. And, and, and when a problem arises, what, you know, think, think of how many hurricanes we've had and think about the amount of work that has to be done to rebuild those communities across. And it's going to happen in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. It's not going to happen all at once. What happens with other uh, environmental disasters that we need to clean up? What happens if someone determines we're going to rebuild our hundreds of unfair bridges that they're not allowed, they're dangerous to transport on? We can't build those bridges. You know, we, we, sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say we can't. We've been told we can't build these bridges. The the bridge in the Verrazano Narrows Bridge in New York. Yep. They told told us we couldn't build it because we didn't have the technology. I said, just a minute, build the same damn bridge built 100 years ago. The The bridge you built 100 years ago lasts 100 years. Build the same damn bridge. Uh, I agree with you. Thank you, Leo. Leo Gerard, president of the USW. Follow him on Twitter at USW Blogger and the Steelworkers at Steelworkers. Back after this.